Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we will be discussing the checkerboard floor of the lodge. Now, the reason for inquiring into this topic is because in one of our previous episodes, we talked about Thomas Hyde and his relation to the early movers and shakers within the craft. It was when looking at his life that I noticed the name of his magnum opus and it made me wonder, that being the history of the religion of ancient Persia. Hyde was educated at Eton before entering King's College, Cambridge at the age of 16, making rapid progress in Oriental languages before being invited to move to London by Brian Walton to assist in this version of the Polyglot Bible. For those that don't know, a Polyglot Bible is a version where there are several languages for the same chapter arranged on the same page, usually vertically. And whilst there, he corrected the Arabic, Syriac and Persic texts of that work. He even transcribed into Persic characters the Persian translation of the Pentateuch, which had been printed in Hebrew letters in Constantinople in 1546. So quite brilliant with languages. Mm. In 1658, he was chosen as Hebrew reader for Queen's College, where he learned Turkish, Arabic, Hebrew, Persian, Syrian, Malay <laughs> and Chinese by our man of interest, Michael Shen Poussin. <laughs> but to name a few. While there, uh, while there, he would produce his greatest work, The History of the Religion of Ancient Persia. And as a side note, it was in this book that he coined the term cuneiform. In it, he attempted to correct the errors of the Greek and Roman historians who had tried to describe the Persian religion and the religious reformer Zoroaster. As is a very simple geometric and color pattern, it's difficult to trace the definitive origin, but the black and white squares indicate the duality of the cosmos and the battle between good and evil, light and dark, seen mm. in Zoroastrianism, mm -hmm. at least in my opinion. <laughs> so could this be the symbol um, Hyde introduced to the Lodge? Would you have had any contact with the early members of Freemasonry? And um, what are your thoughts on the subject? So... Um... Yes and no. <laughs> Firstly, about uh, cuneiform, um, he also introduced another word, I, I believe, into the language, which is duality. Okay. Um, the idea of this black and white and having dual different colors. Uh, so he introduced the word duality. And I believe that um, the uh, <clears throat> black and white floorboards uh, on in the lodge is not to do so much with good and evil, but between, but, but uh, positive and negative. And this is the idea, this idea comes from Taoism, and that's the kind of background to my uh, research into Freemasonry. And so um, if we look at it as negative and positive, it's not quite so um, damning as uh, good and evil. Um, but, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, one of the problems about Freemasonry is that the, the, the founders of the revival didn't write down what they meant by these, some of these symbols, and we have to take a guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I think one of the problems, like you say, is the, the lack of a, a score sheet or bullet points which you can tick off. There isn't anything there. You have to make up your own own conclusions. Uh, my my two cents is when we're compiling the early early rituals of Freemasonry, they were looking at the sources of religion as as if, almost from a secular point of view, post Renaissance English Enlightenment kind of uh, view. Mm. And I think I, I agree with your your assertion of the link to Taoism. They just saw that as the earliest culture, the earliest civilized culture, and they go right. This is what we've heard hints from, from other contacts, from 
uh, Arabic sources when they preserve Neoplatonism. This is the oldest, the most primary source we can find, and we will make it the the number one influence in our institution. That's my two well, cents. At least there anyway. is also the other thing is that um, some of the leading figures uh, in Europe, um, for example, Gottfried Leibniz is one of them. He's thought mm. that. Uh, Taoism and Chinese philosophy in general was the ideal meritocracy. And uh, they were looking for a way to um, join the Chinese philosophy of Confucius and Taoism with Christianity to make mm. the perfect, mm. perfect religion. And uh, so to find these Taoist symbols in a Masonic lodge to me is not surprising. No, I think something that we forget as well as the, the influence of China upon the, the Renaissance, when the Italian city-states were trading with, with Xanadu uh, via the Mongols, they, they brought back paper money. That was a Chinese invention that was brought yep. back in, uh, uh, by the Mongols. Also uh, written typeface, open typeface and gunpowder, mm -hmm. which we obviously yep. know was conceived yep. of as the elixir of immortality. So there's a, a definite cultural e exchange going on. And, and the compass. And the, the compass, directional yes. compass, amongst, yes. Amongst yes. many things. Yes, yes. yeah. And I, I heard recently that the Chinese invented an armor made from paper. Paper armor that actually worked. Unbelievable. Interesting. <laughs> Work, worked against arrows, but not against yeah. fire or flamethrowers. No, no, no. Flamethrowers they didn't have, but... Uh, Yes, arrows was the number one problem, and uh, they made it very sturdy and overlapping. It was just a remarkable idea, you know, when it mm. takes a long time to, to fashion armor out of steel. Steel's a limited resource, but paper, mm. they made from grass. They just had tons of it. I mean, just unbelievable. <laughs> Composites engineers, yep. really composite engineers. Uh, Fantastic. Well, that's, um, that certainly gives me something to think about. <laughs> and that brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email us on the link below. We're now part on the square. I will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.